Hello and welcome back to another We Are Sunland Morning Briefing in partnership with the Sunland Farm Museum and Cospex Opticians. Today we're joined by Luke Ram, uh, Joe Ramage sorry, and Luke from the Swans cast. How are you doing both? Yeah, brilliant. Thank you. Thanks for having me on the show. Yeah, good as always, Matty. Yeah, so we're here obviously to preview a little bit of Sunland's clash with Swansea City this weekend. Luke, the man in the know about Swansea. Yeah, well, you could could say that. I mean, at the moment, it's uh, it's a bit tricky down here. I think, although I know you've had some stuff going on yourselves up up north, so kind of a lot to discuss. I'd imagine between the two clubs. Yeah, definitely. Obviously, Michael Beale, Sunderland parted uh, ways with him earlier this week. Just if we look at, at Swansea, they they've had a, a new manager themselves in in Luke Williams. He's someone who's you know coming up in the game. He's he's impressed with Notts County. It's been a difficult run of games for for Swansea when when you look at his early tenure. But what's your sort of early assessment of of him? No, that's a fair comment. I think a lot of people when they look at the form, they just see all the defeats that we've had recently. But you are right to to sort of fix on the fact that it has been a really difficult run of games. We've actually played all of the top six in the last eight games. He was in charge for five of the top six, and we did get two wins in in that um, period against Hull and West Brom. West Brom was a game before he became manager, but unfortunately the rest of them have been defeats, uh, barring a draw to Birmingham away aside in, in, in the same period. But um, on, the, on the flip side, you know, we're going to play basically the rest of the league now who are not in the top six and hopefully he'll have a bit of an easier time uh, getting his new philosophy and game plan through against teams that are perhaps more achievable when it comes to getting results. Um, so you've got the tricky ones out of the way first and embed in this new style. Now he's kind of got to put his money where his mouth is and show that the work they've done in these tricky games is actually meaningful and start picking up some points. Yeah, before we sort of look ahead into, you know, the season, you know, the game this weekend, sorry, what's the season been like as a whole? Because obviously you've had the transitional period from Russell Martin into Duff and then obviously here we are. What's sort of the the story been of, of the season so far? Well, there was a bit of discontent around Russell Martin's departure between the board and the manager and the fans didn't really enjoy that. Um, I'm not going to go into the details there. I guess we don't really know the full ins and outs of what went on, but probably shouldn't have got to the point where he needed to leave, but it did. So, so he went, they brought in Michael Duff who played quite a different way uh, to what Russell Martin did in hindsight and, and perhaps wasn't the right fit for the club. I think the club perhaps knew it was going to be a bit different um, bringing him in, but they wanted to try and just focus on results and trying to move up the table in the right way. He had a good record when he came in from Barnes and he obviously got to the playoff uh, final last year. And as much as he wasn't the possession-hungry and demanding manager that Russell Martin might have been, it did look like he could bring an ec- another level to what we were doing. Maybe keep the ball a bit less, but still prioritise keeping it, but also add a little bit more directness and attack uh, in attack, which is probably where we struggled a bit under Russell Martin. We have all the ball, but maybe not as so many opportunities and, and goals and, and all that sort of stuff that you would expect from the amount of the game that we basically controlled, whereas we were conceding op- uh, to the opposition who might have like 20% possession, the same amount of chances that we might make with 80, if that makes sense. Um, so we thought Duff was going to come in, be more direct and cause more problems in attack, but it didn't quite work out as planned. He didn't really um, sell himself to the Swans fans. I think he tried to differentiate himself from 
his predecessor and make it clear that he wasn't the same sort of person, he wasn't the same manager. But some of the way that he went about doing that in a press conference and some of the things that he said kind of alienated the Swansea fan base because a lot of the Swansea fan base really loved Russell Martin and they didn't really take too kindly to hearing these sort of backhanded, um, well, I'm not like him, I'll actually score goals with the possession that we have, stuff like that. Yeah. He also really downplayed the big derby against Cardiff, which would be the equivalent of a new manager coming in for you and saying they're not bothered about beating Newcastle as long as they get promoted, um, which really didn't go down well. And, yeah, so he made a rod for his own back. And when he wasn't getting results, it's difficult to kind of have a longer stint in charge, even if you need longer to sort of get your ideas across and get a new way of playing, working. I think because of the way that he was approaching things and the way that he was dealing with the media, maybe he was naive and not used to the pressure, but um, yeah, he kind of didn't help himself. So when he, he eventually got relieved, uh, we had a long period of a month, I believe, looking for a new manager before Luke Williams did get brought in. Now, Alan Sheehan in the interim spell did actually pick up a few solid results, West Brom being one of them. Um, and kind of stabilised where we were. Now Luke Williams has come in. He has kind of tried to revert to more of a system we played under Russell Martin. So you could you could argue the six months in between really was a waste of time. The clubs like you know the, the players they signed for Michael Duff's system. They're not necessarily all going to suit this going back to what we did before. So we're in a bit of uh, no man's land and limbo now until the summer, I guess. But he's trying to implement this system early. And as you mentioned, he's come in at probably the most trickiest time of the season in regards to our fixture list, where we had to play the likes of Southampton, we had Bournemouth in the FA Cup, Leicester, Hull, Leeds and Ipswich, all basically back-to-back. So on paper, it looks like it's not really working, mm. but there's definitely signs to show that he is getting his ideas across and the the, the players are behind him. They're not really um, not performing or anything. The 4-0 home loss to Leeds aside, but there are still concerns, I think, with the way that he sets up, especially the defence. He wants to play with a high line and I'm not over the moon with it sometimes. I think he does need to tweak it depending on the opposition, but he, he kind of wants to play. This is the way we play, no matter who we're playing, we're going to play like this, but it has cost us a few times. So it depends, I guess. We need to see it against teams that are more in our on our level at the moment and see if we can continue to develop it. But there is still the jury is still out on the way they set up defence to see where that's going to go. But uh, the signs are there for some improvement. I know that's a bit long-winded, but... Um, been a bit of a crazy season. Yeah. I, I, I don't know about you, Matty, but the one thing that I picked up on there was sort of... There was some similarities to what's happened yeah. here with, with Michael Bale, wasn't there, in terms of possible standoffs with fans and, you know, media comments and, you know, not getting yeah. that sort of, sort of time frame as well. It all kind of marries up. But if if you go back to the start of the season, well, what would you have said that the sort of pre-season expectations would have been for Swansea? Well... With Russell Martin, <clears throat> we finished outside the playoffs twice. I think it's more of a mid-table the first season. We were only three points outside the playoffs last season. So I guess we wanted to at least maintain that position, knowing the managerial change ha- ha- had happened, and then build from there. And if any, it's probably worse than that. Well, it is worse than that. Um, so I thought mid-table, to be honest. Uh, but yeah, we're a bit lower. It doesn't mean it's not achievable still. Probably is still achievable at this moment in time. But, uh, you know, it's a long way to go in terms of turning that around right now. Um, <clears throat> as well, as much as that's the expectations and, and we enjoyed Russell Martin's spell, 
the, the prior spell to him was Steve Cooper, where we had back-to-back playoffs. So when you when you zoom out a bit, it does look a little bit more worrying that it went from back-to-back playoffs, back-to-back just outside or whatever mid-table, and I would kind of struggling a bit lower again. You just start to kind of wonder, is that the trajectory you're on? Or is it going to click into place and actually start working soon? You know, but I guess time will tell. But um, taking a bit, bit few risks, I think that we don't want to be taking too many more of them going into the next few seasons. Just interestingly, that, sorry, go on, Joe. I was just going to say this is slightly off on a tangent, but on like Swansea strike me as a side that of all one of the first sides really that had that brought in that style of play and they were bringing managers in to yeah. practice style of play. You could probably go back as far as Roberto Martinez. And then there was, I think there was like the Rogers and Laudrup might have veered off a little bit. Then Potter came in, Cooper, like you mentioned, Martin. Is that fair to say that that, yeah. that has been something that's happened over the course of the last, what, 15, 16, 17 years? Yeah. So we call it the Swansea way. There has been some managers that departed from it. So uh, the biggest stints would be the few before our relegation from Premier League, where it became a bit more desperate to stay in the league, more mm-hmm. than focus on your identity, if that, if that adds up. Potter did bring it back when we got to the when we came back to the championship. Steve Cooper, I don't think he was incapable of doing that style of football, but he was more pragmatic in the sense that he looked at what players he had and he did the best job he could with them. But also he was very successful doing that. When he left, fans a lot of it sounds weird, but a lot of fans were happy with it because they were bored of watching this one nil hold out for a one nil win with Andre Ayew scoring, uh, quite often was the case. Um, but we were very good defensively and we could hold on to those results. And we did. We were successful. We got to playoffs twice. One of them was a the final. Um, but when he went, they were like happy with it. I don't necessarily agree because ultimately he was our most successful guy since we come back down. Uh, but he did. I wouldn't say he was really one of the managers in that mould. Was capable of doing it if the opposition that game plan allowed for it, if that makes sense. But if we were up somewhere up against someone maybe a bit more of a tougher match, then he would set up appropriately for that match. Um so Russell Martin brought it back to an extreme then. Now when we talk about now and again Michael Duff as I said didn't really go that way. I think we're in a bit of a dangerous territory at Swansea and it's difficult to say this and a lot of fans maybe disagree and it's a bit of a topic but what we've always known as the Swansea way, which is that style you mentioned that came from Roberto Martinez up to the Premier League, the Brendan Rodgers, the Michael Laudrups, they all did it to their own way. That was a long time ago and it did yeah. bring a success, but the football landscape was so different. You were able to do that and you were able to recruit for that style of football a lot easier than maybe you are now. A lot more teams try and play, maybe not the same, but a far more passing out from the back style approach and they want similar players that are able to do those things and I think they cost a lot of money these days to get competent players that can do these things even in the championship at this level and it's not to say it can't be done but I also think it's a little bit naive to think that's the only way now that you should progress through the leagues and I think it's far more difficult to do it I think a lot more teams are also savvy on how to play against that style of play Uh, it was kind of new when we did it before but a lot of teams tried it since it's worked and football goes in phases and I think it's kind of been worked out a bit and you saw the trend recently I think is five of the back or wing backs has been quite a thing that's um, been used across football and we're just chasing this uh, past glory I think going back to the Swansea way sometimes where if you look at this season for example as much as Michael Duff didn't help himself 
with the way that he came in and approached the media and kind of didn't really unite with the fans. If you take all that aspect out of it, like the football, it's not to say it couldn't have worked in a longer period of time, but I think people just didn't want to even give that a chance because it wasn't what they wanted to see on the pitch. And now we've changed again mid-season. You know, it's, we're only four points above relegation. I don't necessarily think we'll go down. I think we have got enough. But it doesn't mean we won't or we can't. And changing a manager so late to really, really drastically change the way we're playing again mid-season, it is dangerous. And I'm just wondering how long before this agenda to not drop this this historic success route to the Premier League maybe shoots us in the foot and makes us go a bit backwards. Because I don't know if the players here right now are set up to get to the heights of what that style could bring if you've got the right personnel. And it could cost a lot of money to change that around. Maybe they'll do it um, on the cheap and they'll get some bargains in that are unknown and it'll, it'll work out in the end. But I don't know, it just... I feel like sometimes you just got to adapt a bit. We didn't do it before Roberto Martinez, so it's only like a 20-year sample of our history. Um, and I understand it means a lot, and I love watching that style of football too, but I think tweak it and be a bit more sensible to what is working in front of you, because it could, I think, cause us issues, maybe. You obviously lost a huge major goal scorer and threat in Joel Perot at the start of the season. How big of, of a loss has, has he been? Yeah, well, back-to-back 20-goal seasons is really hard to replicate it comes back to what I was just saying about uh, replacing players and the money involved to do that in the championship so we obviously signed Jerry Yates in the summer and he's been struggling a bit recently I think he's got either eight or nine goals now this season and that seems okay figures but I think when you've lost such a high output player individually even when you get someone in that's scoring a few less in a season you're still losing a massive chunk of what you kind of relied on uh, in the previous season so who's picking up the goals that is in between what Yates is output in and Peru was output to put in. And that's probably the question mark of where we trying to still work out at the moment. Um, probably still need to go in to find someone else in the summer, but it's very difficult. Isn't it? I think there's a lot of teams looking for a striker that can kind of have that sort of output, maybe even yourselves um, for a few yeah. years as well. Yeah, it's certainly where Sunderland are at at the minute, isn't it, Joe? Having brought in four in, in the summer. Yeah, again, the, the similarities are, are quite striking, aren't they? You know, obviously, Sunderland have lost Ross Stewart. Ahmad Diallo went back from his loan spell and they're still struggling to, to sort of replace those goals. And I think you can probably tell that in the reverse fixture, the nil-nil back in November, I think it was. You know, even down to 10 men's ones, Sunderland they struggled to really create anything clear could, didn't they? And, and that has kind of been the story of, of their season. I suppose if, if you, you flip that to this weekend, then how, how do you see things sort of playing out this weekend on, on the back of what you've seen and what, what you've said there? I think it's important that we put this tough run of fixtures behind us now and if he wants to say that they've worked on this stuff and we have got better, and some of them were better, The um, we obviously got a win up a hull, uh, ignore the Leeds game because that was a bit tragic, but um, Ipswich, we only lost 2-1 and it was a very equal match, we look at the stats as well, we did give Ipswich a game. So you need to take that forward now into the other other games that are perhaps, not, no, no game's easy, but... Um, more winnable or more achievable to maybe get a point maybe if it's away from home as well um yourselves i know you've just changed manager and stuff probably would have preferred if that happened next week i'll be honest with you but i think that we have been a bit better actually away from home this season i did see a stat we have not lost an away game to a team outside of the top six since mid-september which considering where we are in the league 
that obviously screams we have a massive issue with our home form. Um, so at least going away, we seem to kind of turn up a bit more competently and give teams a game for whatever reason that is. Uh, we, we we did give Leicester a game a couple of games ago as well. I know the 3-1 scoreline suggests otherwise, but Leicester just seemed to always find a way to, to grind those results out. So I'm, I'm not necessarily confident that we'll go and win this game. I think we should be able to get a goal at least. Um, I don't think we'll keep a clean sheet. So if we can come away with a point, I, w- I think that would be a good platform for us to then take forward into the next few fixtures, which again we should be able to turn into a positive and say, look, you know, they're all in areas, they're all struggling as well. Can we take advantage of start looking up the table instead of over our shoulder? So going to Sunderland, I think um, we're going to start to see a li- maybe a little bit more cutting edge and um, I hope a bit more clinicalism for the forwards. There's been a lot of opportunities made, especially by our winger we brought in in January, Ronald. I don't think he's registered an assist yet and I feel like that's really unfortunate because he's made so many opportunities. The strikers are just not really doing him any favours when it comes to that and I just hope that that's just got to click at some point so hopefully we can get that start this weekend. Just in terms of Williams, sorry, what, what sort of what sort of blueprint has he set up? Because I know at Notts County there was sort of a back five to a back three at times. Has he sort of tried to implement the same sort of thing or has it been a, a back four? What, what sort of the setup been like? He did do a back five uh, in one of the first few games or a couple of the first few games, but he's, he's kind of reversed away from it now. And I think he's settled on a four, two, three, one, more conventional, if you like, for... You mentioned the Swansea rise earlier, Roberto Martinez and all of those managers. They used to play this way with that formation. Whereas more recently when we've done it um, with Russell Martin, it was a five at the back. So we have gone to a 4-2-3-1. And the recruitment they did in January kind of uh, suggests it's going to maintain uh, that formation because the only players we brought in were all wingers, three of them. So we didn't have any wingers at the club before that. We've been kind of screaming out a little bit for players with a bit of pace would take on other other teams, you know, take players on and run at them and a little bit of trickery. We haven't had that for so long. We've been a little bit pedestrian trying to pass around teams and always just pass into the opportunities rather than ever run run into areas that can create them. So it's nice to see that we have brought that in now and I think he's going to settle with that, that system. I think what he does to kind of um, mitigate the fact that he's not using what is his favoured five at the back system is one of the centre midfielders will drop into the back three and that will allow the wing back the full backs to kind of operate as wing backs when when required, especially down the left side with Josh Tymon, sorry, um, who he has been very good since Luke Williams has come in in an attacking sense and picked up quite a few assists from the left back area. I was just it's funny that you mentioned wingers and th- and you know, the need for bringing a winger in, brought one in. Does it then surprise you what uh, Morgan Whitaker's gone and done at Plymouth? Yeah, well, Morgan Whitaker, um, a, a case of a player who was a bit mismanaged, I think, at the club. As much as he's excelling at Plymouth now, he I don't think he would have ever reached those same heights here because maybe he didn't feel like he was... Like, there he's like the main man, isn't he? And he became the main man because he was sent on loan to League One. I'm wondering if he never had that League One spell on loan there, you know, it, I don't necessarily think he would have been able to flourish in the same way. And 
it's just I guess it's just a player in the right place at the right time and if he flourished there you know we recalled him last season from that and we didn't get any of that same output from him when he came back here and I, by all accounts he probably didn't want to be here at the time and that makes a massive difference so in reality even if we hadn't sold him in the summer we were never going to get that player if his head's not here and he he's not loving his life here because of previous that um, maybe hasn't had the opportunities that he thought he deserved which it did seem a little bit that way and you could argue the way that he operated around that was well why why do you deserve them more than other players why do you think you've got that entitlement and he kind of threw his toys out the pram a little bit when it came to us recalling him um so i just don't think it was ever going to work the the best thing they've done with it is they have uh, they have got a sell on clause in the deal so if he does go for a big money move we will get a bit of it so that's the probably the only positive but it is unfortunate you, you see that and you wish that it was it was the case that he flourished here unfortunately you know it's not a case of one manager made the mistake he couldn't do it under Steve Cooper he didn't do it under Russell Martin um, and I guess he didn't really have the chance to show it under Michael Duff because the decision was already made that he wanted to leave but um, all, all good for him to go and make a good career elsewhere and if he does go for a big fee I hope it's as big as possible so that we do get a little bit of it back just obviously from the outside looking in, I know you touched on it, but just sort of to end, when you see Swansea, it's particularly at the start of the, the season, they're not really a club that you would expect to be sort of down, you know, as you say, four points off the relegation zone. I know you've said you, you don't think that, that you'll go down. At what point does it start to get a, a bit concerning if you don't start to, to pick up those results? Um, well, if you look at our upcoming games, we've obviously got yourself, yourselves, uh, we've got Blackburn at home, yeah, and then Watford, Bristol City, and Cardiff for the international break. I think if we get to the Cardiff game, we can reassess the situation there with the international break. We need to get some points from these from these games. We need to get, I would say, at least it's five games, so at least two wins. And then if you want to say the Derby game is like a must win, yeah. maybe you could add a third on. You know, so and that's that's asking a lot. They're not not easy teams to go and get wins here, but I think the situation we found ourselves. Whether it's unlucky or not that the fixture list has has given us the top six altogether, it is what it is. You know, it would have been everyone would have preferred them individually with other teams around them, but unfortunately that wasn't the case, and they've all come together, and we've lost a lot of games that have shot us down the table. So now you need to kind of like find them points and show that it was just a case of it being the tough games. I think if we get to the international break and we don't, well, we're four points now. So QPR have kind of hit a bit of form. And obviously, other team Sheffield Wednesday as well. They look like maybe they can do something. I think Rotherham maybe a little bit too far away. Yeah. But if we get to the international break and there's only a couple of draws or like one win, maybe I'd be a little bit more worried because you're just getting closer to the edge of the season. With um, and the, the teams that come after that are kind of all six pointers. We've got all of yeah. the teams below us to play, and if you kind of play in them with a bit of a cushion, there's less pressure. If you're playing them when you're right in the middle of them. I feel like that's that's a lot more of a difficult game to kind of get a result from because you know how important it is then and that's got to play on the back of your mind. Um, so we're on the edge of whether it's a concern or not, I think, right now. And the next few games is really going to be able to answer that question. So I've got to be confident that he can turn you around. Spot on. Thanks very much for joining us, Luke. Thanks again, Joe. We've been We Are Sunland in partnership with the Farm Museum. Remember, you can subscribe over at We Are Sun, just £1 for six months' worth of coverage. And we'll be back with coverage from Mike Dodds' press conference later today. Cheers, lads. Thank you.